What's going on, you fucking marks? This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. I am the Duke of Derbs, also known as the Digital Phantom. The Duke, things are going well. The vegans have united, and, um, you know, we, we, we're two weeks <laughs> away from AW All In. You know, it's... Yeah, you can tell. It's getting real. It's getting real things now. Are, things are getting very... Um, serious you know the, the storylines are starting to honestly the storylines the, the matches are getting made i mean it was kind of tough to i feel like to book stories heading into this so like they just did the they did the smartest thing honestly they could have possibly did they made adam cole and mjf story the centerpiece of the entire story heading into all in and all out so however that shakes out one way or the other um you know it's it seems like that is the focus point of everything right now would you not agree like Oh, definitely. They're they are center stage while, you know, I think probably maybe even the week after or I maybe next week we're going to see the Punk and MJF thing also happen. So it's it's going to happen fast here, I think. Very, very fast. And Punk's, I mean, he's got Samoa Joe feuding with too, so holy shit. Yeah, I'm, he's, CM Punk's feuding with like three different people right now. It's kind of crazy. Like, but, the, you know, all of them, like one of them's an all-out match, one of them's an all-in match. And so... But I think I think at all in he's going to be facing MJF. So or sorry, all out I should say. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I'm, I don't know that for sure. It could be on like Dynamite the night. Makes the most something. sense to me. It does, but you know they could decide to do it like a a, a different pay per view or something if they want to. You know, have Punk face some more people for the real world title or something. Um, it really just depends. But it's interesting to see. Like, like this is the cool thing right now is there's like a lot of options. Like all these things, like you know Adam Cole could turn on MJF or vice versa or. Roderick Strong joining the kingdom could come and cost one of them the match or something. You know what I mean? Like they could, you know, oh, that would be a great storyline, actually. Adam Cole does win it. MJF's title does get taken, but it's not Adam Cole like winning legitly and he's not cheating. Like Roderick just costs MJF the match and it kind of builds a little bit of a rift between them still, even though they're still friends. That would be interesting. Anyway, that's me just riffing off the top of the show. Um, before we get too deep into the wrestling stuff, though, um, there's a couple orders of business to take care of. First of all, you can follow us on Twitter. If this is like the first time you're listening to the podcast. You're like, oh, who the fuck are these guys? You know, fuck. You know, who, they, who am I listening to right now? What is this podcast? Where am I? That's what I say every day. Um, but, um, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at Bane Duke. That's me, B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And you can follow at Charlie, or you can follow Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of A. You can't follow at Charlie. You shouldn't do that. Leave him alone. Anyway, um and leave me but um yeah and you can also follow the podcast at eat sleep elite we uh, like to engage in a wrestling discussion over there we're trying to build a little wrestling community over there um make sure you check out the more than a classroom that's, that's the correct name right more than a classroom that our buddy yep. that our buddy Brady more than a classroom with mr b with uh with mr b our buddy uh mr b uh not mr beast um you know but mr b um is over there having a good time just talked to one of our good friends Braden, recently. And, uh, I, 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 I've not, I'm going to be honest, I'm a terrible friend. I have not sat down to listen to it yet. Have you, have you done that yet? I have not. I, I have. It's, it's very enjoyable and it, it's a actually friend. a really well-structured episode. I, I, he's put together a nice fun show and it's, 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 more, it's a better out. structure than our podcast. Cause God, I hope so. <laughs> not that I was bad. <laughs> just like, you know, we, we just free flowing out here, y'all. You know how it is. No, we actually have a fuck ton of structure to this show. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, we'll get into the actual show here in a bit, though. You know, uh, also, uh, I'm 
make sure whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, you know, you could follow in or subscribe. It's after the Mr. Beast podcast as well. Um, and make sure you, you know, um, follow him over on Twitter. Uh, so Vizoki Entertainment, Vizoki Tweets, V-I-S-O-K-I-I, I believe. Anyway, um, yeah, I used to know the spelling of that because I was on the Vizoki Entertainment YouTube channel. We used to do a different podcast. Do y'all remember the era of YouTube podcasts on Google Hangouts? It's still, I mean, some people still use a pretty similar thing, I think. I have no idea what it is. Um, but StreamYard. That- Oh, oh yeah, StreamYard. I forgot about that. That uh, the the 2020 StreamYard era. We, oh. we did one episode of this show on StreamYard, and it took quite literally over 24 hours to render that fucker. <laughs> yeah, that was um. That was the season one time we were trying to find a good platform to host us on. We because we had this idea, and like we we made some episodes, and we released them on platforms and stuff like that. But like for the first few weeks of this podcast, it was a real struggle to figure out what to do. And we ultimately ended up making the right decision, but it was just like, it was like really interesting. Um, but yeah, so. Um, Shout out the fellows at Riverside FM. If any of you guys are ever curious and starting a pod, this is the one we use. So it's, yeah, it, it works really well for us. And as you guys can tell, our quality is pretty solid. So pretty solid. It, it takes care of it for us, right? So pretty solid. Like rack eye. Anyway, um, yeah, so I don't think I missed anything. I think I took care of pretty much everything off the top. Uh, we'll get into news and stuff later on in the show, as well as our reviews of all that. And yeah, so without further ado, it's uh, it's your week there, Charlie. Here's yes. what the box. So favorites this week. Um, I'll be you know I was kind of searching for a favorite this week. There was some stuff I really liked. I don't think we had like our otherworldly matches that we've had in the previous few weeks that we've been like super spoiled with. But I think we've had some good stuff here. And some stuff sticks out more than others. There's a lot of a lot of promo segments this week that, you know, are using to build the show towards All In, which makes sense. That being said, I'm actually going to go to Rampage for my favorite. We're going to kick things off at the beginning of Rampage, where Darby Allen defeated Brian Cage. And this was about as David vs. Goliath as you can imagine. It's all about Brian Cage using, using his side and power, his size and power. While Darby Allen's hitting him with the speed and agility, Darby Allen does so well in these types of matches, which is honestly probably it's what makes Darby Allen such a fantastic wrestler. Because these David and Goliath matches can be a fucking bore, or they can be awesome. And in this case, it was awesome. I think these guys had some good chemistry together. And the end of the match here, there was a shot that you couldn't buy. The, there was a little girl crying after Luchasaurus beat the crap out of Darby Allen because they're all out match. And this girl is just bawling her eyes out. And I'm just, I'm just like, that's the heat. That's your heat right there. That's the you know, picture you use. We can say use. what we want about Luchasaurus not doing anything with this character in terms of himself, but like he does, he does enough. Like he looks scary. Oh, yeah. to he looks, you know what I mean? Like, he's got a very intimidating look. Yeah. You know, it is whatever it is with Christian. I hope at the end, you know, when they do turn on each other, Luchasaurus comes out on top so at least all of this can, you know, be redeemed in some way. But in the meantime, it's it's something different with the TNT title. Mm-hmm. We've been saying for yeah. a while they need to change it up. So 
That being said, I think Luchasaurus needs to beat Darby. Well, as we get closer to All Out, well, we can we can vest no, I mean, on I, that. I, but... I think initially right now, unless something happens to change my mind in the next like several you know, like, shows, I don't think that's good. I, I think that probably will be where we land, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, dude, there was, I don't usually complain about stuff like this. This, this felt like the spot where Brian Cage just like chucked Darby into the table. It felt like super unnecessary. I don't really complain about stuff like that right now, but it was just like, all right, are <laughs> you going through the table? I it's guess. Like, yeah. Right. Let's get the table spot here, guys. We don't, we got to do What you want to do like a power bump? Nah, I'll just, I'll just, uh, we'll just fall into it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, there, just really good pace <laughs> here. Um, I don't actually care, but it was just like, it felt, it was, I just remember watching the, the table and I was like, Eh, I'm fine. You know, I may, maybe they overuse it. I don't know. Japan has been accused of that in the past. I think you know overusing that, like yeah. that sort of that vibe. So, um, you know, Allen won this match with a small package to get the pin, and you know he hit his coffin drops, the code reds, you name it. Um, uh, Prince Nana got some interference in there, and yeah, it was they were setting up that super small and drop, and Allen countered it with a crucifix bomb, and one, two, three. So we got the big win over the Brian Cage. And we had a little news on Brian Cage coming up here shortly following his uh, so, uh, absence from Triple Mania. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But in the meantime, what what, what was your favorite this week? Um, so we had, you know, Darby Allen and Brian Cage for mine with Prince Nana, of course, with the uh, epic shot of the child just bawling. What 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 takes the cake for you this week? What do we got? We had a trios title match on AW Collision this week, which was CMFTR versus the House of Black. Um, just like picturing these like six individual wrestlers, and like you put them on like any match together, like just any combination, any amount of them together. Like you could, you know, Punk versus Malachi, gotta have that match at some point. Probably should have, you know, um, you know, Kings of the Black Throne versus FTR, which we might have already had, but we need to have it and just have it ten times. Give me a best of seven series with just those, just those people, and then also do it with Buddy and yeah. So, um, yeah, just just on paper, incredible match. Um, and I think they actually did a really good job of telling a cool story here. Um, there was like a little like sit out that Punk did because like they, they did a black mass or like whatever it's called the end whatever the the kick the back heel kick that that, that yeah. Malachi is the he, money he shot sat out from it and he was like ah mind games so he sat down and then the, and then they all got in the ring because like they're like oh my boys are gonna back me up he's like no my boys are gonna back me up look here's FTR and then they all stood up and then the Donnie Brooks sort of spot spot like started and everyone just like exploded. The crowd was like so into this match; it was awesome. Um, and it was like sort of that back and forth mind games, and they would just which team had. And I again, I don't know if a lot of people in their minds initially put the House of Black. I think as individual wrestlers, if they go into a singles match, you're like, oh, that's, and it could be literally almost anybody on paper, and you're like, oh, because of them in it, it's already a pretty good match. So, um, but so, but I don't know if as a tag team, I would necessarily think of the House of Black as like, oh, that's one of the best tag teams in the world. But it totally is. So um, it's just tag team wrestling, like expertise, battling it out in that way. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Punk was kicking people in the head. As long as he's doing that, I'm going to say it's awesome. Punk or bud? Punk or bud? Bud, bud, bud. You know, he's kicking people in the head and then kicking people in the head with things he says after the show. Anyway, um... <laughs> uh so yeah um cash uh is money on the hot tag obviously and so he does a great job there they had a really great sequence at the end of back and forth like sort of moves pile drivers that kind of thing 
uh, Punk was out in the crowd-ish area. Like, he must have gotten thrown over the rail by somebody uh, on the outside. And uh, Joe came up and started choking him from behind. And then Julia makes the distraction so that House of Black can't retain. Um, so, you know, uh, a pretty good match overall, I thought. Um, and trios matches in AEW are pretty much always good, but you put these, you know, we're finally getting the CMFTR trios matches that we were kind of picturing in our heads when they first threw those three together on a random fucking dynamite or whatever it was like, and we were like, oh yeah, that's a genius tag team and it works. So the uh, one at the Charlie. forum where punk got hurt. Oh, the when pain. everything went to shit. Yep. But, uh, I'm with you. I thought this match had a lot of like there was like a spectacle element to this match, right? Of just seeing the different matchups in the ring. And Malachi Black's face paint, fucking incredible. Seriously, so well done. I thought just everyone, everyone looked good. And, you know, our, our main events on collision, they, they go the distance. They feel like 30 minutes and it, it works. It really works. So, yeah, I think we coming out of this, it even though CMFTR loses, it doesn't hurt them, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't hurt them. Samoa Joe, you know, doing his this thing. Is like, what, the fifth time CM Punk's lost on Collision or something in, like, nine <laughs> I think episodes? so, yeah. So, but uh, Brody King, I mean, my God, seriously. He's just such a fucking beast. I'm starting to agree with JR. I think he's going to win the world title at some point, honestly. Like, dude. He could. I, I, the Royal Rampage he, winner last year, you know? Hey, man. He could win it. Or maybe at least the TNT title. Come on now. He, he's a bad. That's a bad son of a bitch. Man, that TNT title's been the big man title for the better part of like two years almost now. So he, he fits the bill. The <laughs> big, big man bill. Him versus Allen. Big Bill. Give That's it to it. me. <laughs> But yeah, this is really fun stuff, and I, I love seeing all these guys work together. And I'm down for more in the future. I think the House of Black um, is going... I'm wondering who they're going to wrestle it all in. I, I still don't think that's concrete, so we'll have to find that out. And uh, yeah, so let's jump into a little bit of news here this week, right? Um, Danielson, he was uh, recently talking to Sports Illustrated, and... He's kind of talking about the Blackpool Combat Club, and he said, Our connection as a group feels real. That's because it is. The story is we train together and we make each other better. The reality is that wrestling together, we do make each other better. He said, Even when Regal left, we didn't break. And he's still in our group, in our BCC group chat. So, really cool stuff. He feels like they're a group that should never break up. And, you know, I, I got to agree with him. I... I think this could become one of the biggest staples in AEW and just, you know, forever expanding at, in the sense of how the Bullet Club kind of always has, right? We have our core foundation and now we've already built upon uh, to Yuta, to Claudio, and then we'll see what comes next, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so honestly like i i know this is like sounds ridiculous but like there's like in my head a scenario where like somehow regal could like show up on like a day w pay-per-view or something even though he works for the wwe technically like because like i don't think anyone gives a shit what regal's doing because they're not going to use him on tv over there you know what i mean like so like yeah but it's probably not realistic but maybe like if he decides to actually straight up retire one day 
he could show back up for one match to be on commentary for like Brian Danielson or something. You know, he'd love to do Brian. So, yeah, and it'd be fucking awesome, right? So, we had some full gear news pop up, kind of like right after we recorded our show last week. Um, <laughs> at least it felt like it. So, full gear, it sounds like it will be in Los Angeles, California at the Kia Forum. A venue they previously ran, a venue that had a lot of success, and they always they did a different stage for that. So I think they'd probably do it again. It was really cool last time. So yeah, and again, this is uh, Saturday, November eighteenth. So it continues our theory of collisions running on Fridays when they do these pay per views. So it's pretty neat, and I think that just spells eventually the end of Rampage, most likely if. If there is an M for Rampage, you can kind of see it being that, right? Little things like that. You know, we'll we'll get Collision probably running head-to-head with SmackDown, and you get a lot of people, you know, getting invested in that. But yeah, Full Gear Los Angeles, awesome. Go to the West Coast, go to a new spot to do a pay-per-view. Punk's getting booed out of the building. Yeah, hopefully that's where, uh, maybe they're doing, maybe maybe they're throwing them all together. But... That might not happen because, well... Call it, call it the Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, wait. Good. <laughs> All right. We can transition right into this. So after that match that we just talked about, that awesome match, uh, CM Punk took the mic. He was saying some things here and there, you know. Stuff like he told the House of Black not to chop him, and they still did. Which, I personally, I don't know why he told us that. But hey, maybe he's just... Punker butt. Hey everybody, maybe. I'm a bitch and I hate that they did that to me. Maybe he's just like throwing a little uh a little uh you know, a little quick dig at them, like, hey, fuck you guys, you know. But maybe it's all playful, maybe they're all just busting their each other's balls, who knows? But this one, however, it doesn't feel like he's busting balls because well he decided to to kind of roll a little bit on uh a little bit on hangman page here. That empty is- dumb fuck. Exactly, which, as you guys know, this is the infamous quote, like uh, Duke just said here, and it's it's kind of what kicked this whole fucking thing off. And he ends up, you know, kind of going in on uh, on Hangman. So he saw a sign that said Carolina is Hangman country, and he, he today. And so the full quote goes: Earlier today, I went to a local supermarket and I found out why they call him Hangman. It's because the pegs in the toy aisle are all full of Hangman action figures because no one wants to buy them. He's a peg warmer, unlike Mew, moves the merchandise and pops rating and sells toys. Everyone at AW says, I'm the heart, I'm the soul, I'm the spirit. Well, that's subjective. What's a fact is that those people say certainly aren't the chin of a the chin of AEW. Uh, again, I I couldn't tell you why he did this. I personally don't think I really care because I mean it's one of those things right a lot of people are going to get really upset about this I just there's a part of me that wants to believe maybe him and hangman have smoothed a little things over and he's just poking shots at him but I just I don't genuinely know if I still can. think post the stuff that's happened between them behind the scenes those two I think have not as because I don't think I think the fact that they were able to because they clearly had issues while they were working together as did him and Moxley and all all four of those guys or all three of those guys all three of those guys seemed like able to work 
with Punk while even though they don't like him, you know what I mean? Like Moxley really seemed like he didn't like Punk, you know what I mean? Like, but they still had a pretty decent feud, I'd say. You know what I mean? Maybe they don't agree, but I thought it was fine. Yeah. We like both. I liked thought it. him and Heyman had a feud. Yeah, no, but, absolutely. You know, it's just it's I, like so you know, other than the weird shit that we know now, but at the time we just thought it was really great television that we were seeing, you know. So yeah, so <laughs> if that like, says anything about what these guys should do with that. I'm just saying, you know, like if it makes it that compelling to us, what could it do to an audience that doesn't have any clue because they don't actually know now because there's real yeah. shit, you know, like or maybe the we're all getting why, worked and it's the greatest work of all time. I don't know. TK, tell me. And I'm really hopeful that it is. But the reason why I'm not optimistic that it is is it always goes back to that fucking Sports Illustrated thing he did when he said, I was worried Hangman was going to shoot on me in the ring. Well, at that point, Bro, what if what if he's just waiting till all out again this year and he starts the exact same shit again? <laughs> I know. I let's let's hope not, but if not, at least now we know we can send Evil Uno on him, right? So call yeah, it Evil Uno pulling out the goddamn <laughs> AR. So on Punk. the G one finals have just recently happened. Our final two were uh, Kazuchika Okada and Tetsuya Naito, and guys, Naito's the winner. Naito will finally main event the Tokyo Dome, the Wrestle Kingdom 18. He will face Sonata, unless Sonata loses it, but he's not going to in the four months. It's not how it works. This is this is Padawan versus Master. This is the uh, tale as old as time. And it's the classic thing New Japan does where they push four guys. So, <laughs> but no, uh, really cool for Sonata. Just five guys? This is his third uh, G1 win. And hopefully this time he is main eventing and they don't try and pull something over on him. But, uh... Do you think Naito beats Sonata? It, knowing New Japan booking? Yeah. Probably. I wouldn't, but I, I think, you know... Yeah, Sonata's run has honestly been fucking crazy. He's been awesome. I don't know, I don't know how he's continuing to up the ante, but you know what? I mean, Sonata's- here's the problem. Here's the problem. Last week, they had Sonata lose to Evil. And the match was unanimously dunked on. And that most likely means Evil's going to get a title shot at one of these upcoming pay-per-views. And she's like, Bro, dude. Evil versus, Evil versus Naito, Wrestle Kingdom. It's like, it's like, how have we not learned from Evil? He's good at what he is, but you can't put him at the top of the scene, man. You just fucking can't. And, you know, we're probably gonna, he's probably going to get a world title match after the Tag League or something. But that's pretty much up next, which I think you and I are both pretty excited for the tag league. Uh, New Japan tag teams are fucking awesome. They make it work. You just look at Aussie Open. Look at how much better they got the minute they went to New Japan and just grinded out that craft. They became one of the best teams in the world. And they've expanded upon that to in AEW where they're featured every week now. So I still can't believe that, by the way. I was joking yeah, you with told you. me at the beginning of this year while they were wrestling on New Japan TV under no contract that they were going to not sign contracts with New Japan when their time was up and that they were going to like go to AEW and become like our new like probably honestly it's it's really hard for me not to say they're my new favorite tag team besides FTR and AEW like you know like they're pretty up there like oh wait, they're, they're incredibly so cool, fun to like, root for um, other little bit of news we got is Will Ospreay has changed the IWGP US title to the United Kingdom Championship cool for him um he's i don't know if they're running with it as a permanent change or if it's just a gimmick change for him either way it shows that they're you know they got a lot of faith in osprey to say the least to let him do that to the title make it his own championship pretty much uh brian cage 
He uh, it, honestly, I'm just thinking about that. If it changes to whatever country, whoever's holding it is, that's kind of a cool gimmick. Yeah, it'd be neat. It'd be weird because it'd mostly be ja- oh, the Japanese title would probably look sick. Japanese championship. The new, the new United Japanese champion or something like that. Oh. So Brian Cage missed uh, Triple Mania 31 in Mexico City. He uh, he filmed a video from the emergency room and said he would not make his flight to Mexico for the show. Uh, the quote from him says, I'm currently in the ER right now with inconsiderate patients playing their Instagram videos in the back room on full volume. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like I'll be making my flight or scheduled matchup for Triple Mania this sun- Saturday. I wish I was joking. I wish I was lying. I wish this was part of the plan, but unfortunately, it's not. He said, only sidelined very briefly. I'll be good to go next week. Cool. Good for him. Um, On that same show, by the way, QT Marshall became the new AAA Latin American champion where he defeated Texano, Jalistigo, and Pentagon Jr. So uh, QT Marshall is here to stay in fucking uh, AAA. So, fuck yeah, good for him. (laughs) Hey, respect. Yeah, right? Good for him. Among among great American wrestlers like Kenny Omega to win AAA championships. Triple A. As well, hey, FTR as well. And yeah. The lineage. Sheeta said winning AEW's women's title it, uh, a second time was the greatest moment of her life. And she's now Aww. headed into uh, AEW's billing as the biggest event in wrestling history. And she just went on and on kind of about this and it was a really really heartfelt interview that she did with uh i believe this is denise salcedo and they talked a lot they went really in deep so yeah it's a video link on um it's a video on on youtube i believe it's on figure fours uh denise salcedo's channel so yeah i just wanted to highlight that it's it's good to know she said i was so happy i could hear the cheer of the fans the moment was the best i felt like it was a dream and I, Hikaru Shida is the definition of our babyface champion, and it feels so good to see her as champion. And I'm very happy that she is going into All In as the top of the line, you know, top of the leaderboard, if you will, right? If anybody deserves to be champion heading into the most historic AEW pay per view of all time, um, I think it's definitely Shida for sure. AEW Television next week will be called Fight for the Fallen. Tony Khan. He uh he went to X, and he wrote, Due to the recent wildfires in Maui, Hawaii, he's made the change to next week's shows. Proceeds from Dynamite Rampage tapings in Nashville, Tennessee, and Collision in Lexington, Kentucky, will go to the Maui Food Bank. I think we've seen Tony Khan do similar stuff like this before to other things in the past. Good guy Tony. And it's it's good guy Tony, right? I, I, I literally think that's what we set Tony it up Khan, as last time. Who gave Mark Davis the money to get his treatment for his medical conditions or medical, his med- medical issues that he was not able to get paid for by New Japan. Yeah. And that's just good guy Tony. So Dustin Rhodes, who was in who was in Maui with his wife when the wildfires erupted on Tuesday, kind of wrote about his experiences. He said, you know, prayers for everyone in Maui, including my wife and I. We are without power or food since early Tuesday morning. A brush fire destroyed uh it's Lahaina, I believe, just two miles away from where we're staying. We've been evacuated to the other side of the island. We were lucky to find accommodation. It's been a hell of a day. So, fuck. Dustin Rhodes, is, I'm not sure if he's on vacation or what, but that's a hell of a vacation to go through. So, yeah, good guy, Tony. This is awesome going to, for the Maui Food Bank just to get those, you know, it's going to be a lot of people's lives are fucking changed forever. And, you know, any assistance will help them. And it's cool that uh, this fight for the fallen thing is not just a gimmick. It's legit. 
when they do it. So it just makes next week that much more special, you know? And we get the special fight for the following graphics, which we haven't seen for a little while, so. Yeah. Thunder Rosa did a little update on her vlog this week. I feel like we're covering Thunder Rosa's vlog every week, but good news is she's doing well, Samson says. Uh, Doc Samson. She's been religious with her training, as she's always been, doing everything we've asked her to do. And, you know, she said she could be cleared to return in as little as three weeks. Okay. Get her on all out. Get her on all out, please. If she is like a mystery addition to the all-in match, bro, I'm in. Dude, she could win that match, honestly. As much as she did, deserves to have a title reign under this. <sighs> no, whenever you bring Rosa back, you have to be you have to be like putting her in position. So I would honestly like to see her like Maybe Statlander does an open challenge. Maybe Statlander does an open challenge. You know who I would love to get an open challenge on all in or all out? Athena. Oh! That, that match would be something we would want to see right there. Yeah. Give me what I want. And then well, this is kind of cool. So, as of eight minutes ago, we have an official update with the all-in tickets, and they have officially crossed 80,000. So, the timing of that, of us doing our show, is pretty nuts. So, I'm sure there'll be new stories running with that wild. Best believe that's going to be in the podcast title. But, uh, holy shit, man. 80 fucking thousand. That's, uh, it's starting to get real. All right, the, These the crowd pause, shots the, the are going to be out of this quickly. world. To, to ask you a question because I saw a thread on Twitter this week. On X, sorry. Yeah, bro, um, X, X. <laughs> I, I saw a Twitter on X.com this week. A Twitter. I saw <laughs> I saw a Twitter. I had to take it out. I had to do it for Daddy Elon. Anyway, um, no, I saw a, a, a thread on... Uh, wait, thread's a different website. Shit, no, anyway. I saw a thread on, on X tonight. Um, I saw an Xbox. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> I saw I saw a thread on X, and uh, they were talking about how All In isn't actually the best, uh, the biggest wrestling show of all time, Charlie. And I just oh, I have to go. ask you, I have to ask you, is it? I'm pretty sure it's like the, one of the biggest wrestling shows ever. Like it's crazy. I believe they've already if if eighty thousand it says eighty thousand and fifty six right now. That update I'm reading on uh, this uh, new site, Figure Four Wrestling. So if that's the case. I think it's safe to say GG. I mean, I'm pretty sure early on we covered that the highest ever was 82K. So, I mean, they're going to, you know, they're well within range now. So, that's Stay a, on target. Stay on yeah. target. It might have been 79-something was the highest ever most paid. Either way, if they've passed it, this is awesome for them. And, you know, it's... This is... Everything that people said about the first All-In, you know, you can always go back to the infamous Cornette thing where he said, there's just no shot. They they need to get actual TV, this, that, this, that. No, they, they hit the 10K within a fucking day. Might have been within a couple hours. People were wanting wrestling to change. And here we are five years later. All right. I, I got it right here. Over 80,000. So. Okay. So I got, I got it right here. So. Uh, the the one I mentioned before, the Collision in Korea thing, which was a New Japan uh, WCW production back in the day, yes, um, back in the nineties, um, that was like one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty five thousand, um, one hundred fifty like to one hundred ninety, depending on like what the numbers you look at. But uh, WrestleMania thirty two, the one that everyone's referring to, the biggest wrestling show ever, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the was that the Brian? No, that was the Roman versus uh, 
Brock, right? Anyway, had 80,709 actual attendance. So there you go. So if that's the actual attendance we get in person, they, they just need like a, 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 a thousand more. And they'll and, be the biggest ever. And that is including paid plus comp then. That was in right? Texas. That's crazy. They got 80,000 so, in America. Nuts. Yeah. That what is WWE do? absolutely like, incredible. If WWE ran Wembley, they'd probably do like two, almost like 100K, probably. And I mean, honestly, like, that's crazy. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, really cool stuff. And AW is now going to have this banner and they're going to fucking use it everywhere. So that's kind of cool. We got a little breaking news there on here. So, that oh, they here, okay. So, SummerSlam in Wembley, 78,927. So, they've already a bigger slow. They've show already passed that. Yeah. They've already passed the original Wembley show. So like this is gonna crazy. be fucking different nuts. Wembley I think right but like still crazy you know what I mean like mm-hmm. yeah okay so last little bit of news here that's what we call an AEW AEW <laughs> AEW Dynamite Title Tuesday will be returning in Title October. Tuesday um there will be two new so we've had two new uh, October dates for AEW Dynamite and. Two of uh, one of them is on a Tuesday, and that has to do with the MLB. Uh, the reason is believed to be due to the Major League Baseball divisional round of the playoffs. So what they do is they put Dynamite on Tuesday. They fucking go all out. We've got title Tuesdays have been pretty damn good before. So I'm always down with wrestling on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, and yeah, cool. Front and center on that uh, title Tuesday graphic, MJF. No punker, bud. Punker's got to start showing up to di- fucking dynamite, bud. Bud, give me Punker, fucking Kenny Omega. Bud. Other than that, um, no one else out of this world featured. No Danielson. Sad, sad. But uh, all right, that'll do for our news this week. We had a lot, to, a lot of news, and we had some breaking news that we pretty cool to talk about. Okay, so. Let's get to our results. Um, you're going to take the lead with Ring of Honor. I go down to my Rampage, and then you close us off with Collision. We'll do a little debut for next week, including this fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre match we'll have to talk about. But um, what do you got for us on Ring of Honor on Honor Club episode? Ring of God, episode 24. All right. Yes. We had uh, the Trust Busters, Slim J, uh, Slim Jobber. No, sorry. Slim, Slim J took on uh, Tullet Castle. But the baby checks out with him instead of the boys. The package, Charlie. Anyway, um, yeah, Slim J isn't bad. I just I don't care, man. I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, you you like Slim J, but I'm just I'm not into him. Anyway, um, yeah, just I guess I don't see it. Um, yeah, but Slim yeah. J, he was the definition of the first Ring of Honor match I was in, but now he's back to his AW dark self. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Hits a Dalton hit some nice suplexes and hit a bang ring for the win. The Iron Savages took on uh, Lucky Ali and Brady Pierce. Um, Pierce is a pretty big guy. Uh, Dirty Bulk Bronson said, "I'm gonna bust" after he drank some of that Savage Sauce. Um, and then they, they hit the Savage Sauce for the win. So they sorry he sipped on that Savage Sauce. Let me rephrase. Um, the Infantry with uh, Trisha Dora took on. Um, uh, I think it was. Uh, I think I have the name incorrect here. Let me pull up the actual results because I have a second source here because I think I have yeah, the name written wrong here. Let me make sure. 
I have the name right. Oh, no, I do have it right. It's uh, Zicky Dice. Yeah, I just, I did, I had the pronunciation wrong in my head, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, Zicky Dice. And uh, Movie Mike, which Mike was spelled MYK. Um, they took on those people. And uh, Sean Dean uh, caught Mike with a uh, sweet looking like deep arm drag and then the spitting DDT. And there was like a big boot and a Russian leg sweep, which they called the. Um, yeah, and the boot camp, which, uh, I mean, that's fine. Uh, cap, no cap. So it was a fun little match. The infantry are building up toward a potential title match. I think a TV title match would be really fun with them because Aussie Open could give them a really good match. Um, or I guess I should say them and Aussie Open could combine for a really good match, however you want to phrase that properly. Cut to backstage. We had Layla Hirsch uh, being interviewed by, I believe it was Lexi and Air, but it was either that, whoever was interviewing uh, on this episode of Ring of Honor. Um, and Layla Hirsch was being like, kind of like, you know, my Maria Canales is like, yo, you know, I'm gonna watch your match tonight. And Layla's like, what the hell is the deal with this? This then led to Tagstyle, Lee Moriarty taking on Andrew Everett. Uh, there's some nice chops by Tagstyle here. Uh, he did a little sitting on the head spot, which he did like out of the pin combo, which is pretty cool. I really like uh, Lee Moriarty, honestly. Um, I think he has a really unique style that is kind of like very reminiscent of something that you would see like um, uh, Brian Danielson or one of your other technical style wrestlers like do, but he's also got sort of a more hard hitting sort of New Japan sort of kind of style to him, which is why he does really good at PWG, I think. Um, like everything we've seen um, of him from PWG this last year, absolutely killing it. Uh, he hit this murderous lariat on uh, on uh, Andrew Everett, sorry. And uh, then he locked the Border City stretch and picked up the win. Uh, Lee Moriarty continuing to you know just have great matches, but no one's really seeing it. So I, I, it's only like five minutes. I don't, I I don't really know. Um, but whatever. Here we are. It's hard to kind of envision the plan that they have for him right now. Yeah, right? Um, he's kind of doing his thing. Absolutely. Uh, Tony Nice took on Pat Buck. Um, I believe this was set up last week. I cannot remember though. Um, and it wasn't really that worth that watching. I mean, Pat Buck is fine. I'm sure he could have a really good match if he wanted to. He seems like he's still in pretty good shape uh, for a guy that works behind the scenes. Not that puts you out of shape, but you, you get out of ring shape and stuff like that. Um, needs to hit like a mid-air adjustment to catch uh, a rolling away buck. And uh, he got a close two count on the sky high, but then he got caught with a running knees for the win. Um, backstage we had the workhorsemen. Um, and they addressed like they're like, ah, we've been coming up short. And then like they were like, bah, we should get some kind of match to prove ourselves. We deserve a title shot. And then um, Toa and um Khan came up with Prince Donna, and they were like, yeah, we we vibe with you guys. You know, we think you should get like sort of a title shot, but you you got you gotta beat us first. So we'll do a tag match. And it's like, so it's kind of like a proving round sort of match, but it's not a trios match. So I, I don't know. It's probably because like they couldn't get somebody, whoever they were going to have them trio with. But maybe, I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Or maybe because Brian Cage, maybe he wasn't able to make it to that either. I, I no wait, He would have been there last week. You know what? I don't know. I don't really care. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the workhorsemen <laughs> set up a match with, uh, with the Gates of Agony later in the show. Athena took on Rachel Ellering in an actual proving ground match for the women's world title. I think Rachel Ellering is one of those ones I should definitely consider if they haven't already brought her in as like a full member of the Ring of Honor Women's Division, um, because she seems to have a pretty good like track record so far. I haven't seen her make any big mistakes. She seems pretty good, and she's got a good look to her, so I think she could definitely work. Um, 
and obviously she's got the pedigree of being Paul 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 Ellering's daughter, I believe is his name, um, who is a wrestler, obviously, and we you know we would know him from uh, being a, a, the authors of Pain Manager, right? Yeah. Um, so, but she did a great job with God. That was a really great act for a while. Um, so, so you know, it's it's one of those things where I think a lot of our Ring of Honor division, our women's division, is kind of almost taking the role of our Collision division, right? It's it, in a way. Sense. So we got a lot of open spaces right now, and I I'm almost waiting for one of these proving ground matches to uh, be the upset. I could see Athena slotting in as like the top woman on Collision after she's done with Ring of Honor. If she's oh one thousand percent, so that would be really good. Um, yeah, just unhinged Athena stuff. Um, like I said, Rachel should be a regular here, and picked up the win off the O face. Then we had that match that I mentioned earlier. Gates of Agony took on Work Horseman. Work off, blah, work horse. We got to show off here. This is actually kind of a fun match. Um, it didn't get a ton of time. We look how much it actually got. I'm curious. Okay, they actually got probably the most time on this show. If I had to guess, let me go back and look. I think something got maybe a little bit longer. No, actually, so far this is the longest match on the show. I think so. Uh, got about ten minutes, which it honestly deserved. These are two pretty good teams, so they got a little chance to do some stuff here. Uh, JD Gray could a fucking tope, which has got to like hurt for a guy that size. Um, you know, so shoutouts to him. Um, Khan and Toa have had just great matches with everybody they've had tag matches with, but they again they just don't get a whole ton of time. So, nor does really anybody. This was a shorter episode of Ring of Honor, so that might have been why. But I don't know. Um, I did enjoy the match though. So, um, Gates of Agony continue to you know just tear through everybody. Um, Maria Canellis backstage this time with Cole Carter because she you know, Cole Carter was getting interviewed. Cole Carter thinks that she's into him. I guess Cole Carter is just a fucking idiot. Uh, I, I can tell you this, though. He keeps rocking up that tree. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Mike Bennett might leave him sleeping with the fishes. But, you know. Um, hey, now. Um, this is the way. Do what? I said, this is the way. Yeah. Layla Hirsch took on Angelica Risk. Or Angelica Risk. How do you actually fucking pronounce that? So they, they led me wrong on A.W. Dark, I think. Um, she beat her up. Uh, Maria then made an appearance. Uh, she intimated that she might. And she'd throw around cross arm breaker. That's the win. Athena was backstage and uh, said she was the face of Ring of Honor, which was said by uh, Ian and Caprice on commentary, which I agree with. I think she's the face of Ring of Honor right now. Uh, Athena then abducted Lexi Nair. That did happen. <laughs> it happened. She took her. She literally dragged her off camera. What the hell's going on right now? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Rhett Titus took on Cole Carter. Maria made another appearance here. I mean, this is actually a significant win for Cole Carter beating Rhett Titus. Like, that's yeah. all the Ring of Honor star. I uh, picked up with the spin uh, spin out DDT move. Um, good good win for uh, Cole Carter there. Again, not a, not a ton of time given to this match, but you know. Do you think um, potentially if they take the group to like Collision or Dynamite? I think so. Yeah, I think it might be the Cole Carter and Roderick Strong could be the two mm-hmm. newest members of it. That could be a tag team, honestly. Yeah. I like oh, Cole. I, I'm with you. Titus isn't just a guy. I mean, this is a former, I believe, television champion. So, oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, right? Titus was legit um, in the most recent runs of Ring of Honor. Uh, we had Robin Renegade take on Billy Starks. Uh, Billy has some good music in Ring of Honor, by the way. So, I'm I'm hoping that that's a good sign for her. Um, and so, yeah, Robin Renegade with Charlotte at ringside. Uh, Ian put uh, Billy over huge here on commentary here. So. Um, 
And let me see. Let me just go through some of the stuff in this match. Oh my god, Robin hit this fucking shotgun drop kick in this match, Charlie. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Oh my god. Um sorry, I had to clear my throat there. No, I I think these these renegade girls, they get it. Yes. Like if if say Mercedes Martinez, Diamante, Willow say that they have truly all moved on into AEW for the right. for the better part of the future. Uh-huh. I'm cool with these renegade girls, the renegade yeah. sisters, twins, uh, just doing their thing. They, they're so technically sound for only wrestling a couple years, right? Like, they just get it. Oh, yeah. They got to go back to Ohio chance started. That's hilarious. If you know anything about college football. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... Uh, so they yeah so i believe billy starks picks up the win off of let me see a swanton bomb what a cool fucking finish for starks i i hope that's her finisher honestly you know what i mean yeah because she just has like a cool like flippy dippy kind of style like she's she's different she's almost like a second coming of like remember when candice LeRae was tearing up the indie scene like i feel like it's kind of like that but like no nah, honestly she's very technically sound like she's like almost like the if there was a female equivalence to nick wayne right now except i don't think she has the pedigree of nick wayne but she's as good you know what i mean like which is crazy you know there's like sky blue come again there's like there's like there's so many young women in AEW right now that i think in like a, a two years time are going to be some of the best wrestlers in the world and it's crazy because they're all just showing up in AEW right now and not in the wwe which is fascinating you know um guess brother h is not so fond of the whammon anyway um but yeah and uh they beat her down after the bell uh, athena then comes out and like she's not really making the save because she like threatens to attack again so she's still sparing people oh yeah i guess i must have forgotten to mention that in her match earlier she didn't she didn't uh, obliterate her opponent there um did i have to, like completely skip over that match i feel like i didn't talk about it at all no, I did. Yeah, she just didn't attack her after the bell. Anyway, the point is that did happen, and it's continuing not to happen. She's sparing people. I don't think she's turning face. Although she might be. I, she might be. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of, I'm not sure if they're turning face. Josh Woods. He might be slowly going back that way, or at least sort of not like, you know, varsity athletes just go away. He, which I'm honestly starting to not even have that go away heat anymore. I, I, I guess I hate to say it because group. Group trading is fucking getting over, man. Like it just—it is. I—I I, I just kind of moved past the Tony Nese match, but like, people love to just do shit with their bike. Honestly, if you're sitting there for like you know an hour and a half during a show, you don't really care about. Probably what he's like, yeah, get up and stretch. You're like, I mean, I guess I could. So you're like, <laughs> anyway, group training is a thing. But uh, Josh Woods will no longer be participating in group training. He's going to be taking it more seriously from now on. Sure. He's be facing Silas Young next week, so oh, okay. um, I'm curious to see what they do with that. I mean, he's great. I, like I said, I I'm glad they're separating him from it because he could do some great stuff as a single star in Ring of Honor. So you know, um, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Gravity took on Shane Taylor, and uh, again, Shane Taylor, you know, not content with fighting mortal men, has to take on a force of nature, um, and. You know, I'm going to keep using that joke until it gets old. It might have already gotten old, but you know what? It's not old for me yet. Um, and yeah, so Gravity was using the speed to avoid the heavy attacks of Taylor. Uh, really great body slam, actually, that Taylor hit at one point. Um, and oh my, so there was this uh, Hurricane Rana that Gravity hit that I can only describe in my nose, Charlie, as looking Cassidy like, like Orange Cassidy like. Okay. Um, where he sort of like flipped out of the corner off of like, like he wasn't doing like the little headstand thing he does in the corner sometimes. He was just kind of like 
awkwardly chilling up on there. Not really awkwardly, but it just kind of looked a little funky. And then he just like perfectly landed his like you know in like a Hurricane Rana type thing. So it was really cool. Uh, I like gravity. Um, it was really quick though. Like let me look at how much time this actually had for a main event match. Like five minutes and twenty eight second match for the Ring of yeah. Honor Television Title Limited Tournament Final Main Event of Ring of Honor twenty four. Yeah. <sighs> They hit a Samoan drop off the second rope. That was really cool. He then went for like some kind of like sent on move or something, and he got the knees up. And 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 I'll, you know, again, I don't think the tournament's anything we'll remember, right? So I, I and and I don't know. Stokely insisted on it. Remember? I don't know. I just I, I worry that. You know, we can look at these times. One match went over, two matches went over six minutes. Two. And, you know, I, I like the idea that we're progressing some storylines. I like the idea that more characters are getting some shine, right? More wrestlers are getting some shine to potentially get themselves over. I thought the closing shot of Shane Taylor was actually pretty sick. You know, bring me job, you know. But. Yeah, the Battle of Behemoth is on. I just, I thought Ring of Honor had this sweet spot of like, you know, six or seven matches that all go a little over 10 minutes apiece, or around 10 minutes, and we're just drifting further away from that to, you know, some episodes like this where, you know, we had the... This was kind of Ring of Honor dark a little bit. I mean, with the... I don't know. It you know they progress stories much more than dark, but in the sense of the matches, if you're just looking at the ring, yeah, it is. And I, you know, what the fuck was this tournament? What the hell was Bro, it? I I, I I don't want to hear it. This tournament, I've been I've been complaining about this the whole time. I'm just saying. yeah, and you know, I was like, all right, at least for our final, we'll have Shane Taylor versus Gravity, and I I couldn't believe that it ended that fast. And I'm with you. I was just scrolling through the little app, saw the end of the match. I'm like, wait a minute. This ma- There's like seven minutes, including entrances. What are we doing? What are we doing? Immediate worries shot through the fucking spine. But at least Shane Taylor wins. I like Shane Taylor. Give me. I haven't beat Samoa Joe. Fuck it. Send it in. I don't know. I'm, I mean, hey, I, I, I honestly, I, you know, I don't. Yeah, unless they want Joe. I don't know how close Joe is to breaking Jay Lethal's streak. I so I I don't know what the plan is with Joe with the TV title. They haven't really seemed to have one. So I feel the absence of Claudio and Mark Briscoe and Shibata and Danu Garcia and stuff like that on certain weeks. That being said, when when they are gone, thankfully we have Athena to step up and take the take the role as the fucking you know the head of our show, right? So we got that, but, um, yeah, on a uh, ring of honor and on the club. That was episode 24, right? I believe you said correct. The, uh, who wore 24 Kobe did at the end of his career. Fuck. Someone else did. I'm fucking blanking now. All right. That takes us to AW dynamite episode 201. <laughs> See how long I can keep that going or I remember the tracker. <laughs> Oh, I've got it on. I've got it now. So um, it's, I'll know every episode of Dynamite's number from now on. So we got the Jericho Appreciation Society mandatory meeting. Um, right away, I'm like, oh god, are we gonna have Jericho just fucking monologue for 15 minutes about horse shit? 
Thankfully, my worries were fucking subdued. Danny Garcia just cuts him off right away. Says, you know, Jericho, before everyone else and questions why Jericho won't do the same for them, he just, he's pretty much says, I'm fuck you, I quit. And he thrusts at him and he walks to the back. Just like that. Uh, okay, I was like, all right. Um, Hager takes the mic, said that everyone knows they have a lot of options. Everyone knows that Hager liked that hat. But he doesn't like Jericho. And he also walks off. Jericho said to the rest of the ring that everyone had to admit that they are the bigger stars because they joined the JAS. Excuse me, Ty Mello said that she used to be proud, but not any longer. She feels sick, and not because of the baby. Said she will go and have her baby, come back next year, win the title without Jericho. Anna Jay said, tonight she's being selfish. Tonight she's winning the AW Women's title. It's not about Jericho. So Mello and Jay walk off. Angela Parker said he's just, he's kind of kind of like this Lone Star character he's got rolling here. He's like, you know, I just I hate doing this. He loves being a sports entertainer. He did everything he could to make Jericho proud. Hanging upside down in the blood and guts. Almost bleeding out last year. But what has Jericho given him? And son of a bitch. I was I was like, okay. He's right. I I Angelo Parker's good. And Matt Menard's fucking oh, inc- I think him and Matt Menard stole this segment completely. Incredible. That's deserved. They've yeah. had the least probably that they've had to do was that they have the least to do in the JAS. And they've had some good matches and stuff like that with people. They just haven't really had the opportunity. So this was their moment to actually try and do something. Yeah. What has Jericho given him? And then he goes on to say he has nothing left to give. Mic drop. Well, that wasn't it. Menard said Jericho was his childhood hero. T-shirt he bought with from his per- first paycheck as a teenager. When his wife was eight months pregnant, Jericho heard the story and gave him a job. Menard mentions guys like Kingston and Steen who hate Jericho's guts. He couldn't understand them, but now he understands why. And he's, he's like super emotional. He's walking up the ramp crying. Like this guy is fucking legit got tears coming out of his eyes. I don't know if he's just that good of an actor, if he's actually emotional about this. Either way. And then it left Guevara, who immediately slapped the mic out of Jericho's hands, told him, listen. Guevara put Sting through a table because he's loyal, and he's not walking out on Jericho. Deep down, he thought Jericho would do the same for him, but he doesn't know anymore. Guevara said if Jericho decides to do the right thing, maybe he'll be there for Jericho before he left through the crowd. Uh, The segment ends with Jericho alone and no one to plead his case to. I thought, I was really worried, and I kind of just, you know, let you know. I was really worried that this was just going to be Jericho going on and on about fucking horse shit. Was not the case, complete opposite. I thought Angelo Parker and Daddy Magic Matt Menard. Honestly, I felt the emotions here. And I saw a different side of Angelo Parker's character here. That's more than just these funny guys at ringside. It's more than just, you know, the cool, the good hair, right? There's another side of this character that I really think could elevate him. And at the end of the day, they they can go in the ring together, too. So it works for me. Any thoughts on the the mandatory meeting between the... Basically, the ending of the JAS. The Appreciation Society has ended. Open dynamite. No, anyway. Um... (laughs) Uh, you know, I mean, you know, other than that, which you know, always annoys the shit. I mean, even unless it's like CM Punk, but even then, you know, it's like, oh, all right, let's get to some wrestling here. But um, you know, this is a wrestling show, damn it, it's still real to me. Anyway, um, still real to me, damn it. 
this was a really dramatic segment. I really enjoyed it. Like everybody pleaded a valid case here. And I think that's how you build up these segments like that. And if they want to switch this off next week with the new, the, you know, the announcement segment, they can do that. Um, and I think everybody will be able to go in different directions individually. You, know, you still have the Sammy and Danny tag team that you can throw together if you want to. You still have um, the potential of those two staying together, Jericho and him, Jericho and Guevara, I should say. Um, and, you know, uh, I think Anna Jay could get another title shot, maybe a TNT title sh- or TNT, TBS title shot against Chris Statlander. Um, you know, there's a lot of options that you can get out of this and stuff like that. And I just, I thought the segment was kind of well, like well put together and Sammy being the last one to leave that, that just makes sense because I mean, if you go back to the Sporting first the inner episode circle of jacket. Yeah. You go back to the first episode of dynamite 201 and well, 201 episodes ago. You know what I mean? Like, um, this is the guy that Jericho put his neck out for to get into AEW, you know, like, well, one of the guys anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool if you think about it. And he would, he would not abandon that guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. No shot. No. Unless he really, really pissed him off. So I think that made complete sense to me. So even if they decide to go back on this later and he still has like a new kind of inner circle again, where maybe he reforms the inner circle, you know? Um, you've left a lot of doors open, but you've also closed some that I think needed to be closed for right now. Very well put. We uh, jump to our commercial break. We come back. Renee Piquet's trying to get a word with Jericho. Don Calspears. Apologizing if he caused any of what just happened. Jericho said he has an answer, but wants ca- to tell Callus next week. Callus said, I'll take care of everything. I got, I got you. We get the Young Bucks versus the Hardys. Really cool brother versus brother match. Um, brother Zay and Ethan Page are out there. Um, I gotta say, the fact that they got to have this match on a Dynamite, really cool. They mentioned many times... Yeah, this was supposed to happen, God, before Je- Jeff got in trouble, right? Like, Yeah, and um, they mentioned many times that the Young Bucks are back in the tag division. They've gone the longest time in their career without having these tag matches. And this was a really solid opening contest. I, I gotta tell you, this wasn't like some barn burner, but everyone involved, you know, got their shit, if you will. And I, I fucking Nick and Jeff Hardy together. That's a fun combo right there. You can tell the inspiration that Nick has from Jeff. And just, you can feel that respect in the ring, just how much they always put each other over. Like, you can get certain vibes from these tag teams. And it's just, it's just so cool that this is our tag division. <laughs> we have the Hardys and the Young Bucks just fucking wrestling. Neither of them are champions. It doesn't matter. They're just fucking out there. I mean, wrestling. they have to respect Matt Hardy. He invented everything in wrestling. The truth is the truth. Yeah. And, you know, Matt Hardy gets the legal tag at the end here. Nick was dropped with multiple twist of fates. Matt was able to super kick from uh, the leg from under Jeff, who's going for another whisper in the wind. Matt Jackson hit a backslide on Matt Hardy, rolled through in the Bucks the BTE trigger for the victory. Post-match, they're about to call out FTR. They show up. There's a stare down from both teams. Nick just goes all in. FTR holds their titles high. The challenge has officially been accepted. I mean, it literally doesn't get any bigger for the tag division than that, in my opinion. So that is the biggest match possible, I think, on this planet. Just just in my opinion. 2v2, that's the one. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to fucking crush it. It's going to be the match of the night, and it's going to be incredible. It might be the match of the year. Could be. Fucking could be. 
We get some footage of Hikaru Shida winning the women's title last week. Excalibur informs that the title will be defended at All In in a four-way. They go through the history of four-way matches, which I thought was a nice touch. And they show the participants will be Tony Storm. They said the rematch clause. Ugh, just say she's getting a bye because she's a fucking champion. We don't all of a sudden need these rematch clauses. It's fucking dumb. I never liked that shit. Anyways, the winner of Saray and Sky Blue on Rampage. The winner of the Bunny for Baker next week on Dynamite. And the winner of the women's title match tonight, Sheeta and Anna J. In my opinion, it felt pretty obvious which four we're, we're getting in. Being, uh, of course, Anna J, the Bunny, and Sky Blue. Nah, fuck Britt Baker. Get the bunny on the pape. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, no shot. It's Britt Baker, Soraya, Sheeta, Tony Storm. It's arguably the four biggest right now. They're four biggest stars since uh, Jamie Hayter's hurt. And Athena's doing her own thing. So these are your four top dogs, if you will. Your four, four top of the line. And uh, yeah. All right. Over under. Wardlow shows up next week and ends up in a title match with Lutasaurus at All In wins. Uh, 69%. No, but um, what happens when Soraya wins the title and AJ Lee shows up? Then then we ma- we all make a lot of money. Money, money, money. Wait, wait. Good stuff. That would be good. Um, last week, Adam Cole and MJF are shown celebrating their announcement of the main event of All In, um, and Adam brings him to a fucking trampoline park. Cole thinks, I gotta tell you, these last week segments, they fucking kill me. <laughs> In a good way. Cole thinks this place is so cool. MGF's just so annoyed. Then he learns there's dodgeball. <laughs> he's lighting the fucking kids up. He's throwing a perfect game. He's insulting the kids. He even called one of them his. Bad news. I'm your dad. <laughs> I banged your mom. Like, good stuff. Um, Cole said, dude, MJF, you can't do that. This little girl walks up, calls them both losers, flips them both off, and MJF fucking bodies the kid with a with one last fastball after he gets the green light. Evil Uno would have been proud. <laughs> after he gets the green light from Adam Cole. Um, the kids are all just, there. there's a shot of the kids just, you know, all scattered just down from MJF. and. Uh, Absolutely fucking glorious. This was, I saw someone put it like this on uh, Twitter. They said this was MJF as Adam Sandler in Billy Madison. And I was like, son of a bitch, it probably is. And it was really good. God, how fuck, these segments have been so good. What the hell? How do, who's, who's, who's coming up with this? Who's writing this? MJF and Adam Cole, 1000%. Yeah, they're killing it. We get a commercial, we jump to, uh, back from the commercial, we get the Blackpool Combat Club, the backstage, and then you go from that to, like, this super uber-duber megalodonic fucking, like, serious promo. Uh, and they said they hope the best friends learn their lesson for after the parking lot brawl. Moxley hopes Trent's mom, Sue, got the flowers they sent. Tonight, they pick the bones of their kill and bring up Pack, who they trash talk and said it sucks he won't be at all in. The BCC doesn't fear death. Death fears them. These guys are... <laughs> they're too metal. Like, seriously. They're literally the most metal tag team of all time. Like, and, there's gonna be, like, toxic And that's toxic including the House of Black, which be... are in the same company. That's true. How are they more metal than the House I of Black? I don't know. That's insane. We need that feud stat. The BCC doesn't fear death. Death fears them. 
No, when they were saying that he's going to pick the bones up of their next kill, all right. I'm like, fucking A. Jack Perry, Rob Van Dam, FTW rules for the FTW championship. Now I'll be straight up here. I don't have like this the super lineage of Rob Van Dam in my mind. Like I don't I I can't picture all these matches he's had. I I'm kind of basic when it comes to RVD. 2006, he beat John, John Cena, Cena for the WWE title. You know, that's kind of it. That that's but I do know RVD's set. You know, he he doesn't wrestle like this very extremely fucking, you know, uh like a Will Ospreay style. Right? He knows what he can do. He doesn't overdo it. He doesn't underdo it. What's crazy is he was like, when people saw RVD, they were like, oh, he's like, they thought of him like how they think of Will Ospreay now, which is kind of crazy. Maybe not him specifically, but people like what he does. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of crazy to think about that. And I got to tell you, Jack Perry at this point, he he's earned the fucking, like, certified uh, senior citizen badge. Like, like, this guy knows how to protect the senior citizens in matches. Seriously. <laughs> you put him up there against the old farts like Christian Cage and, and RVD. <laughs> Let me just bury these old fucking superstars. Um, but no, you, seriously, you put him in there against these older guys, he makes them look great. And RVD looked awesome. He, he, you know, you could tell he was getting a little winded at the end, but who the fuck wouldn't, right? <laughs> you know? He's in his 50s. I mean, Jack Perry wrestles at a quick pace for anybody. Yeah, you know I mean? and, and Jack just... My God, at this point, you got to trust him. I trust him in a one-on-one with Sting at this point. Like, he can go with the old guys. He can make them look good. Fuck, is this who we're going to do with uh, our next fucking Shaq match? Put him up against Jack Perry? Send it. Give Sandman a Jack call. Jack Perry, the bag of bones specialist. <laughs> bag of bones specialist. But no, there were shenanigans here. The rolling thunder hit was hit. It looked pretty good. We got our ref bump. Aubrey hit the ring for the count. Um, uh, Perry hit a low blow. Got the schoolboy for the win. And yeah, Jack Perry pins Rob Van Dam. Fucking in a pretty fun match. Taz hates Jack Perry. It's my actual favorite thing because, you know, he went from this. To just fucking hating the kid. So it's it's a night and day difference. He salted his child. <laughs> They difference now, so. I mean, if he assaulted your child, you wouldn't like him either. <laughs> Good, hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. Renee's back. Leave him alone. Renee's backstage. The Lucha Bros and Alexander Hentes. We said the Lucha Bros fight in the spirit of competition, but the BCC fight to hurt people like Pack. Phoenix and Penta said tonight they'll show Moxley and Claudio why they're the best tag team in the universe. Um, we, we jump to our MJF and Adam Cole segment here where they're, you know, MJF's, uh, doing his baby face thing. He said, if, if, you know, the Midwest, it's his favorite footage, it's his favorite place. And the footage of him saying the, you know, it's mid was heavily doctored. Um, it's his favorite place in the U S and then Cole mentions, you know, let's make history at all in, in a match. He'll beat MJF for the AEW title. And then MJF's like, Oh, so you want a promo battle, bro? You want to do this? Adam Cole, you're so skinny and white. If this was the 80s, Hulk Hogan would have, he said, Hogan would have snorted you. Big pop. He calls him a noodle, noodle arm, bobblehead. And then Adam Cole's like, Max! He didn't want to do a promo battle. And Jeff said, that's my bad. It was a misinput. 
It was a misinput. Misinput. Cole said everyone wanted MJF and himself to win the tag team titles. But said he has his eye on another set of tag titles. The Ring of Honor tag titles. Cole owes, owes his career to Ring of Honor. He ran down his resume. So the only title he never won was the Ring of Honor tag titles. It was held by great teams like the Kings of Wrestling, Red Dragon, the Briscoes. Cole said they should challenge for the ROH tag titles at zero hour before All In and head into the main event of the show draped in even more gold. MJF calls Cole a sick pervert for making him wrestle twice in one night, which proceeds to get a pervert chant. Cole said since Cole is his bro Chacho, he's a sucker for a cheap pop. And as the fan scumbag, they're officially challenging Aussie Open for the ROH tag titles at All In Zero Hour. Real quick. Um, what? I did not see that coming. But now that we have it, fuck yes. And also, Aussie Open will be at All In. Fucking good for the boys. Um, what do you think of this? And, I mean, this is pretty fucking smart. I didn't even... I, GG, you know, that's all I could say to that. I, I did not. There was a part of me that was like, they're going to get these guys on one of these two shows. I think they'll be on both now since they're on All In already. I think it would be really smart to have them on All In's pre-show and then All Out's main show. That'd be really smart. Um, especially because if people see the pre-show match with them and then they know they're going to be on the main show or the other show, they might buy it. Think about this AEW. Anyway, um, so, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> Aussie Open, it's a no-brainer to have them on this pay-per-view. And honestly, having them on the YouTube thing, that's going to be, assuming it's still going to be posted on YouTube. I know there was a, a question about that a while back. I don't know if it's actually still a thing. Um, because, like, there was a speculation about, because we thought when they did the big deal announcement that that was going to include, uh, like, a streaming announcement as well. And we still don't have that. And I still think that should be, like, a priority for AEW for a while. But, I mean, obviously, if it can't happen, it can't happen. There's only going to be so many times throughout the year where you can even probably bring that up to you know, HBO, you know what I mean? Or whoever you would have to talk to about that, you know, like, so, or, or in the case, like with Ring of Honor or somebody else, if they somehow get like a streaming deal, like say Warner allows them to do that. Cause I don't know if that's something they would do because honestly, and this is just like a side discussion. Like I'm sure you've noticed this, um, cause we both follow like the movie and film industries, but like streaming is kind of like in terms of like a business move, not the smartest move. It seems you're like a business executive right now to invest in streaming. So like, the services that exist might just be the ones that exist for a little while, you know? So, oh, yeah. I don't know how that'll affect how they add. Eventually, they'll all services. bundle together for a hundred bucks, and there you go. You got them all. And that's, yeah, it's just and like having cable. cable before. Yep. It's slightly cheaper. <laughs> it's slightly cheaper than original cable, basically, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, it won't be competitive, you know? But, like, whatever. But there'll also probably be stuff you can't get on cable on there as well. So, that'll be the, the selling point or whatever, you know? Um, but anyway, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I. So, other than that, though, I'm, I think it's a really smart match, and it's going to probably be, I mean, it probably won't get a ton of time, but if it did, it would probably be one of the best batches of the weekend, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. like, I don't no, even know. This, like, is, this is a very, very smart idea, and again, when your tag teams are mingling with the top stars of the company, it only elevates them, and like we've said before, AEW's tag division is literally high, like, elevated to the highest degree at times, so it feels really cool. And if they, I can, I'm not, I'm not saying this will happen, but if they did the turn during that match, not only would it be huge going into the pay-per-view, be getting people buzzing, talking about something that happened right before the pay-per-view starts, but then it would be the main event of All In is suddenly a huge match because now it's a feud, you know what I mean? Instead of just a friendship, you know, like. 
Is it weird I really do feel like All In's like a fucking WrestleMania? Like, I, the vibe I'm getting I'm to this... I'm telling you, I said that to you like a year or so ago. I was like, this should, if it all out kind of is right now, or double or nothing is what they always say. But like, yeah. to me, but all it, out it just kind of never feels like it. You know what I mean? Like, we never right. get that This vibe. show can feel like that. And I don't think there needs to be 80,000 people for that. But, you know... It can be the biggest show. I think we should run stadiums in different. Fuck it. If you want, if you gotta, if you want to do different countries to start this thing off, so be it. Let's do Australia next year. Like, I I don't fucking care. Canada next, the next year after that. Fucking, I don't know, wherever. And it's just like, this feels, it's starting to feel really, really special. And it, man, now that they've hit 80, holy fuck. It's only going to heat up. It's only going to heat up. Um, but yeah, Roderick Strong came off in the back screaming. He's he's beyond upset that Adam Cole would want the challenge for the ROH tag titles with MGF and not his best friend. An ROH legend like himself. MGF's like, Strong, get in your car, go home, run upstairs, cry into your Hello Kitty headphones, and listen to Taylor Swift so you can shake it off like a bland bitch. Strong asked if Cole's going to allow, are you going to allow him to talk to me like that? You said the kingdom was right about you. Alex, Adam Cole's two boyfriends at arguing with each other. <laughs> it's literally an ex girl, like an, an ex boyfriend thing, dude. He said the kingdom was right about you. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett walk out. They start hugging strong, and he said, "Bro, the rebound." MJF said Cole didn't need him. As Cole fucking shoves MJF, he said he didn't need to say that strong as he's both of their friends. MJF had to be calmed down. And they hug it out <laughs> before MGF told Cole to go back, go go check on your boy. <laughs> Come on, man, this is like high school drama, and yet it fucking works. God damn it! Why does it work? It shouldn't work. It pisses me off because MJF and Adam Cole still look like the fucking nerd that plays video games and fucking the guy that was the high school fucking jock quarterback because he was you know what I mean I feel like we're reading a fucking fanfic playing out and and, kind of the kingdom like showing up from Adam Cole's past (laughs) (laughs) it's like dude this is fucking brilliant when Kyle shows up hell's gonna break loose you can't get him involved Fuck. Uh, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli defeated the Lucha Bros. And um, they were really selling here. My main takeaway was they were selling that Claudio did was the reason for Pac's injury. So I think they're really setting that match up. It sounds like it can't happen at all, and which is absolutely depressing. But, um, yeah. What more can we say about the BCC? They're straight-up killers. And the parking lot fight last week, which proved to be uh that that turned some fucking heads on to rampage. Seems like some people actually checked that out, so that was cool. But I thought this match was just phenomenal. I mean, we live in a world with all these tag teams, and I'm just not bored of it one bit. Um, Phoenix hit this; he was hit with this spike pile driver, and Taz then goes on to talk about how he broke his neck on a move like that. It's things like that that put over these moves, right? This is oh, yeah, this 100%. is why Taz is so great because I'm like. Wow. All of a sudden, I mean, I know the move looks fucked, right? But at the same time, when you see it, you're like, whoa, that's a broke his neck. All right. Um, no, this match was really, really good. And, um, you know, kind of towards the end here, we had Pentagon and Moxley just chopping the shit out of each other. And Moxley was planted with a double team stalling uh, pile driver. Yuta then grabbed Phoenix off the top rope. Alex started going at it with him. 
Yuta got uh got hit with a moonsault. Penta wanted fear factor. Claudio ripped the mask off, allowed Moxley to get a roll up on the tights for the win. After the fucking match, the BCC kept attacking. Claudio was wearing Pentagon's mask as it happened. Moxley screamed that zero is respect is what happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the Blackpool Combat Club continue to be the menaces of AEW. And uh, I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. No, I don't. I don't either. Kenny Omega's backstage. He's walking when Alex Marvez approaches. Talks about the Young Bucks challenging FTR at All In. Omega said next week he's sitting down with Jim Ross to discuss his future. Don Callis, Kenosuke Takeshita, and plans for All In. Oh, please give us him bro, and Takeshita. I'm announcing my announcement for next week. Marvez wanted a scoop, but he didn't get it. Damn. Uh, Mogul Embassy make their way out to the ring. Prince Nana ran down the crowd before Swerve talked about how he, Fox, and Nana went to the Buddy Wayne Academy to prove a point. And said, everyone knows whose house it is. Fox calls out Darby Allen, who came out and demanded Fox tell the whole story. Allen tried to help Fox when he needed it. Fox got to AEW by himself. He's upset Allen didn't put in a word for him. Instead, for Nick Wayne. Fox might have some new friends. Allen has friends too. The lights go out. It's Sting! The gates of agony. Brian Cage were cracked over the fucking skulls with a bat. This is how Cage got hurt. No, imagine. Start fucking pointing at shit. Air Fox hit the... He, he's fucking out of here. Uh, Sting was left alone with just Swerve. He pointed up at the all-in sign. Swerve was pulled out by Nana. Sting and Allen stood tall. Challenge has been made for London. Tony Khan has made it official. Darby Allen. Sting. Versus Swerve Strickland and AR Fox in a coffin match. Dude, they're booking all of our guys. Hello there. Hundred um, percent. Come on, AR Fox is it all in? Swerves it all in. We're getting AR Fox and Swerve as a tag team again. It all in. It's crazy. Like all the stuff's coming together that like you would want to happen. Like, it's crazy how they always like. We we mentioned like random things that'd be fun to see in the future because the stuff that we happen to like. It's so crazy because I just happened to go back and find that match with those two on, from Lucha Underground for forever ago, and I was just like, hey, will you watch this match. And so I watched it back with you, and it has, like, one of the craziest and one of the coolest moments, but it's also got some of the craziest spots I've ever seen in it. And, like, these two just have, like, a, a chemistry together as a tag team and as, like, opponents. That It's just, like, because eventually I think uh, AR Fox will turn on Swerve again, because I think everybody eventually turns on Swerve, because that's usually just how it goes, you know? But, like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, man, like, it's it's such a cool little, like, everything on All In so far seems like it's going to be super fun, so. Couldn't agree more. And a cough imagine nonetheless. Darby Allen's gonna go fucking insane that match. Oh yeah, he's going through at least 17 tables. Our main event, Hikaru Shida, Anna J for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, Excalibur really did a good job kind of letting us know, like, hey, this is Anna J's debut match. And you know, I thought her and Shida, I thought they had some good chemistry together. Um, unfortunately. We got we got a little bit of uh you know this was the classic main event where the commercial just kind of you know kind of made it hard to watch at times but that's okay. Uh, I thought Sheeta just looked really good here in her first defense of the new title, and she hit the Falcon Arrow where Jay kicked out. She hit that katana knee, 
and you know the ref hit the one two three but parker was trying to like slide in to break up the count he wasn't able to i thought matt menard and parker were really funny on the sides of the match here and uh i hope they keep them as a unit by the way i do too i do too i think it would work well um like a make it make it a four unit with Ty, and you could again you can also have Sammy always in there whenever you have Ty. You could always bring Sammy in, just so you know, like you can you could have a little unit that's like sort of a proto JAS that like if they actually fully break it off and like Sammy goes his own separate way finally, then like that would be great. You could you can have a little like mini sort of like faction. Yeah, I'm uh I'm totally down. And um that was it for uh, AW Dynamite this week. So Rampage, Rampage, Rampage. We opened up Rampage with the match I've already discussed. Um, after that match, Dr. Baker was in the back. Uh, she told Renee Paquette she respects the bunny working hard to come back. But next week, she will take her place in the historical women's title match at all in. We get a little uh, a highlight package from Eddie Kingston. His run of the G1 tournament, the current New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. Openweight champion, I like seeing that. Orange Cassidy, Johnny TV. Title defense number 28. Um, Harley Cameron did the entrance for Johnny. <laughs> I like it. I think I think it works. I, I like their gimmick together. Um, Harley Cameron is uh, out there trying to appeal to a very specific part of the AEW audience. I just want to say that. And, hey, she can sing. Good honor. Um, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I got to tell you, the Wheeler Yuta on commentary here? Phenomenal. 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 It was really good. Young Wheel. He was fantastic. He hit him with the man in the mask thing. Uh, but you know how this match. I mean, this match was, it was perfectly fine. Orange Cassidy did his thing. And John, John, fuck, what, what, what name does he have now? Johnny TV did his thing as well. Um, no, but the uh, tornado Johnny Rampage at this point. Tornado DDT, Orange Punch, Beach Break. You know Johnny the, Rampage actually kind of you know works the combo. Out, Johnny Rampage is pretty sick. No, it needs to be Johnny uh, Iron Savages. Um, <laughs> Johnny Savage. But after the match, Yuta, you know, he's walking. To, he's like slow walking to ringside. Cassidy grabs the mic. He said, "Hurry up, bro. Be faster." BCC surrounds the ring, and Yuta says, "They could leave you bloody, beaten." But instead, he challenges Cassidy to the international title at Dynamite next week at Fight for the Fall. And oh! Very good. Very good. Ian Riccoboni ran down the history of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Thought that was pretty cool. We then get the World Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Aussie Open defeating the Outrunners, which I thought we got rid of these guys when we, uh, you know, left dark in the past. But here they are channeling their inner, you know, fucking inner 80s. Dude, Aussie Open beat the piss out of these young whippersnappers. They, they, they couldn't outrun Aussie Open. They beat the piss out of them. If you guys have not seen Rampage, seriously, I think Kyle took it personal when he saw what these fucking guys look like. And that's all I'm going to say. I, I, someone took it personal. And then they, they grabbed the mic and accepted the challenge where son of a bitch. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. 
Yeah, of the two options, it looks like uh, Aussie Open chose to kill the past themselves and not like um, you know let it die. They so they chose to, they chose to kill it, dude. This felt personal. That's all I'm saying. It was two minutes, but it was like a God. Someone had a squash match like a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't believe how great it was. I think it was Hobbs. He just beat the living fuck out of some poor guy. Yeah, that's what this was. Coriolis, one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. Jeff Jarrett's here. He's becoming the Texas Chainsaw Man himself. No, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch Championship. A tie-in to a video game that's coming out. Leatherface may be at Dynamite for a death match between Jeff Jarrett dude, honestly, and Jeff Hardy. Leatherface making an appearance. like the like, Dude, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do the, the fucking lights go out gimmick, and then Leatherface is going to come in. It's going to be like strobe lights. It's going to cause like 15 seizures from people that are watching live. Like, it's going to be insane. And I can tell you right now who's winning this match. Spoiler alert, it's going to be Jeff. But um. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm a funny guy. Uh, our main event, back-to-back main event for the wimp for the ladies. Soraya with the Outcast for Sky Blue to qualify for the AEW World Women's Title match on All In. Yeah, Rampage was Bazonga night. Bazonga. Um, can we talk about the Code Blue? I think it's one of my favorite moves in wrestling because the way Sky Blue executes it, it's fucking incredible. Seriously, so so good. But you guys know it's a move that like you see Darby hit the code red all the time, and John Cena's hit it for years now, or maybe he doesn't still, but like he did for a long time. Like you know, it it's a good looking move or whatever. It's just it's it's like very much like a sunset flip, you know, which Darby also does. So it's like, but like the the way she does it with the little setup that she does, yeah, I agree. It it puts a whole different spin on the move. (laughs) Yeah, it really does, and you know. Inverting, inverting it or whatever the hell she does, it's really nice and um, it's an outcast match. You know how the finish goes, so no point in us even wasting time on it. But uh, Soraya got the win here, and I fuck, I think there's a chance she's winning this goddamn that she's winning the title. We'll see, but uh, I'm not counting it out to say the least. Uh, two year anniversary. When her brother comes through the crowd and sprays green mist in the eyes of uh, everybody. This was the two year anniversary of Rampage, and uh, this was a pretty fun episode. Honestly, I I thoroughly enjoyed this hour of television. So, that being said, our final show of the week. It's the best show. Come on, let's be real. Um, we got AW Collision, which is our last episode with with the Bone Zone. We got Kevin Kelly coming back next week, so we have AW Collision episode nine. So coming back for episode ten, the the first double digit episode we'll have Kevin Kelly back. So shout outs to to the G one you know, finally wrapping up. Shout outs to Naito. Um, the cold open featured CMFTR and the Acclaimed doing a little rap segment with uh, no music background, just a little bit of freestyle for Max Caster, probably just off the dome. You know what I mean? I could see it. Um, I wonder if they do those cold opens live, or if they're pre-recorded. I'm curious. I imagine that they're. Sh- uh, my guess, they shoot them like like within the hour before the show. Yeah, because they look like they're in their gear. Everyone's and stuff, all so probably, ready. As soon yep. as they get there, they're like, "Hey, get get to the you know, you know, get wherever they film those." You know. And I wonder if AEW has like a demand time where you have to be in your gear. 
Oh, maybe like seven. I'm sure every wrestling show does. I'm sure. Like if your match is a certain amount of time before, I mean, it's not like you're on demand to do it. But if they caught you not in your gear close to the show start, you probably would be like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Yeah, you know, like. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Um, because honestly, I think a lot of wrestlers they did it's they did leave it to them because like they know like they they have to get in the zone. You know what I mean? Part I think like putting on your wrestling gear, it's part of like the ritual, the meditation process of becoming a wrestler for the night. You know what I mean? Like unless you just carry it around with you, like some of them do, which even then, you know. But I don't know. It's an interesting thing to talk about, though. Um, I made a little recap segment of Ricky turning to the dark side. Um, Dark Lord Rickards, um, Tony Schiavone was interviewing Ricky Starks in the ring. He was like, Bring it out, Ricky Starks. No, anyway, um, it's thing, anyway. Um, and uh, Ricky Starks was you know calling out CM Punk and uh, basically like did what what uh, commentary had suggested maybe he was gonna say, which is that um, I think it was um, uh, Nigel that like threw this idea out here as well. That CM Punk kind of caused Ricky Steamboat to get injured in the way that he did by Ricky because he brought him into the situation in the first place, um, which is an interesting angle because he's not he's not wrong technically, but he's he's kind of just he's framing things in a really you know uh, disingenuous way. But he's not wrong technically, you know. So, um, and he wants to start a war with CM Punk Charlie, um, so that should be fucking interesting because he's going to need some soldiers to back him up because Punk's yep. got FDR, so. Hmm. Is he forming a new group, man? Or is he joining a group, Charlie? Well, Club Ricky Starks? Maybe not. Um, some Top Guns? No, anyway. Um, but that'd be interesting. I don't think that. I don't think Ricky Dude, Starks let him recruit those luchas, man. Let's go have him pick up Commander and fucking, you know, someone else. Vikingo, dude? Imagine he picks up both of them. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a hell of a trio. Um, Griff Garrison. Little, no, I'm sorry. Griff Gar- the Griff Garrison re- Redux. Um, the returning Brian Pillman Jr. No, anyway. Um, we had a Young Bucks versus FTR rivalry video package. It had a really nice epic feel to it that I thought was really cool. So I'm excited to see how they build these up. Uh, the video package for that match will probably be like insane and like 15 minutes long. And then the match will go for like three hours. And then like the pay per view itself will go for like 15. Actually, it'll go for 15 days straight. You know, we're just going to have wrestling. Every wrestler is now coming to all in, even the Fed. It's everybody come. We're having a match. Come on. We're selling pay per views. Anyway. Um,. The acclaim took on Iron Savages. Um, there was no daddy ass to scissor. I cry forever. Um, they had the boots with them. They did an armpit spot on, I think it was Caster. That was just disgusting. Um, I'm sorry. Not, not for me, bud. Um, there was a wood run with scissors for the acclaim sign. <laughs> um, uh, Bowen's uh, hot tag was uh, hot. The crowd is really into the acclaim still. It's like they, they've maintained the star power they gained from winning the tag titles, which is cool. Uh, Bowens then hit the cheat codes. Um, they, they scissored the timbers of Jack Jameson, um, which is a hell of a sentence. And then they hit double famous search for the win. Um, they cut a little brief promo after, you know, basically being like, yeah, you know, we're just, we're trying to figure it out now that, uh, now Billy's gone, you know, maybe we could have challenged the trios, but, uh, now, now we're just a tag team. So we'll go after the tag title. They're basically they're working their way back toward the tag titles. A lot of teams are doing that right now in different places. So, you know, in, in the AW sphere or the AW universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, the AEW galaxy as, uh, you know, Angelo Parker has called it. The galaxy. Um, 
And uh, God, he's just gold, isn't it? He probably came up with that one himself, I bet. Like, what if we called it the AEW Galaxy? Because we're not the universe, but we're the galaxy. <laughs> anyway, um, Lexi was backstage with Bullet Club Gold, um, who called out the Young Bucks for a match. I think it's on Dynamite. Uh, it's going to be when they when they have a match with them. Uh, Top Guns are going to have a little match ski with the uh, the Bucky boys there. Bide, 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 bide. That should be a good match. Yeah. Um, have they faced before? Who was it? I believe it's the guns called out the uh, the Bucks. Yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, but hey, maybe remember not. the brother maybe versus they brother thing it was like the squash. They've been saying so. It, uh, they could have, you know, they might have faced them on dark and they just beat them because they were like a well, new tag team. Oh, because the guns were undefeated for a long, long time. Oh, that's true. Actually, yeah. So it would have been recent. Maybe. Yeah. No. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Um, probably not, which makes it even more exciting. So I think that's going to be on Dynamite, I believe, right? Um, yes. I, I, I believe so. Um, yeah, anyway. Chris Statlander took on Willow Nightingale. Sorry, Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale took on Mercedes Martinez and Diamante. I'm sure we'll get to Statlander versus, Dia- or versus uh, well, we'll get to Diamante as well, but I'm sure we'll get to her versus Willow Nightingale um, eventually, but not yet. Um, they all looked super smooth here, I thought. Um, and I actually liked that we got a little mention for Thunder Rosa here. So maybe that's indicating that she'll be back for All Out or for the, you know, the, maybe she'll return the, the, the dynamite, one of the dynamites between or on the, you know, around those shows. Maybe we'll get Thunder Rosa back, you know? Um, that would be really good. Um, Diamante was tossed to the outside from like a jackknife powerbomb position. That was a pretty gnarly spot. Um, and then Diamante then used a leverage pin on Willow uh, to pick up the win in a cheating fashion. So her and Mercedes still still healing it up. Uh, you know, your little evil Latina faction you got going on over there, which I just add as many to women to that as possible because they can only stand the benefit from it, you know? I'm um, all in. Yes. No, but I mean, genuinely, I, 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 again, you, you, th- like, just, they, you gotta have different kinds of different looks and different vibes and different heels. Like, these are just two, like, like badass like brawler type characters you know and god does women's division need stuff like that because you just have so many people that have like not similar gimmicks but similar styles in ring but you if you have like a different vibe to them i feel like it can change things up you know i don't know just do cool shit aw that's all i'm saying um tony storm was backstage and she was getting kind of pissed as lexi was interviewing her over the course of the interview and then as she stormed off at the end <laughs> um she threw a shoe at her so and she pulled a george bush and dodged that shit so um yeah uh samoa joe took on andrew everett andrew everett getting the fucking nod this week um, yeah he'll probably be on bring upon her again next week honestly because of that i would imagine um because he was at this show so he might as well right um so shout out to andrew everett uh maybe he'll make it on one of the shows potentially um he used the athleticism for a bit he then he ate a lariat and a coquita clutch and that was it Joe then cut a promo called CM Punk a bitch. Called him a um, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he says he's going to convince him, which I already uh, said that he would do uh, later in the show. We then had a little card run down segment from Nigel and Rickabone. It bone down. The Rickabone zone will be returning to Ring of Honor, uh, but it resided upon collision for the last few weeks. So shout outs to Rickabone. He's been fantastic. Oh, dude, he filled right in, and I think Nigel and him built a little nice rapport. I would not be shocked if Nigel showed back up for some of the bigger matches on Ring of Honor again. You know, that would not be shocking to me. Um, so I would love, I'd love to see it. I loved Nigel on Ring of Honor when they were just having him like feel feel out getting back into commentary before they put him on Collision, dude. 
but I, ugh, just just a great combo for those two. Um, Christian Cage then cut a promo. He said, uh, "Darby Allen's never going to be TNT champion while he's involved with the TNT championship, and he's going to kill Darby Allen because he wants you know he thinks he's half dead. He's going to finish the job." Um. And then Brock and Arn Anderson showed up, Charlie, which I was hey, not expecting to happen. I was cool with it, man. I was cool. A little and throwback to when uh, didn't Luchasaurus leave him in a, like a pit, like a, like a bloody fucking stew, something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, that sounds correct. Um, I think yeah, I think when they first got this like sort of like evil character of Luchasaurus going, they really didn't know what to do. I think he headbutted Arn Anderson and he started bleeding or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just, some cool stuff. And, um, well, didn't like Arn bite off fucking Luchasaurus's thumb yes. or something like that? Like in story. Yeah. So like, yeah, this is like a, this makes sense, but it just caught me off guard, but it, it hit, it hit right. Like sometimes when you leave something like that for a little while, it works. So, um, and I think Brock getting a title shot here, even though it was like a squash technically, but like he got a title shot here. So I think that's a really good sign for Brock, um, for his future. Um, and oh yeah, I caught. I think it was Lutosaurus saying, "The fuck was that dude?" When they hit a kind of a funky looking suplex, like <laughs> I've never heard him talk before. But he has a weird. He has a not sound like. If it was him, he does not sound like he looks at all. And actually, I know yeah. what Brock sounds like, so it must have been him. Oh Someone yeah, was no, like, the dude, fuck he, is that dude? He's a very. Uh, he's such a cool guy, man. He seems like an interesting. Guy. I'd like to hear him cut a promo. Like I genuinely would. So. But. Maybe maybe one day. His medieval literature uh, degrees. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to hear Dude, him talk I about think it. we could fucking get... That's a degree I'd pursue. Fuck it. Yeah, that would be fascinating for Wouldn't sure. Wouldn't that yeah. be cool? <laughs> I would love to know... I, there's periods of history... I mean, honestly, if I could just, like... If there was, like, a job that was, like... That I could do that was, like, something I think that I would be able to find work in, like... Like easily, like I would love to just. All I'm saying is, if you guys honest. start hearing us refer to jerky as salted beef, you, you know we've, <laughs> you know what we've started learning about. I think there might be some salted beef in wrestling, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, no, Go mix um, it in milk. Yeah, Darby showed up after the win, challenged Christian Cage himself to a match next week on. I think it's going to be on Collision, so that should be a good match. Um. And Darby will probably try and kill himself again. Um, Darby, Darby, Darby! Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Powerhouse Hobbs did a little interview oh. with uh, Shigavone, and he called out fucking Miro. Yes. That match is going to fucking slap. Give me my big meaty men slapping the meat. Um, and uh, QTV make an attack on behalf of Hobbs, and Miro gets laid out with a spine buster here. Spine of the pine. And uh, Hobbs leaves the book of Hobbs on him, so give me what I want. Holy Who the fuck, fuck wins this match, Charlie? Dude, I'd give it to Hobbs. I, I'm, yeah, I, I, I know so. Miro was treated as, you know, potential, like, right on the verge of a world championship. So I wouldn't be, like, unbelievably shocked, but I... I just Hobbs does seem to lose a lot when we feel like he should win, but that's not like it doesn't hurt him. He no, still do exactly. these matches, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was seriously. So, so remember, we were literally talking last week. You know how are they going to build all out? Well, we're just going to build it with different talent. You know, it makes. I guess it makes sense. This it works for me. Powerhouse Hobbs, Miro, all out. 
fuck yours. That that means they're getting on the pape, dude. Let's go. Absolutely. Uh, we had some all in card rundown from the uh, from the boys on commentary, and then Jr. joined them for the main event. Which I didn't mention that he was there for that, but he was there. He didn't really add a whole ton, but he. I think he's trying to not be over. I think he's trying not to add a bunch of stuff that doesn't fit with modern wrestling, and so he just lets the other people, you know. And he he does the stuff he knows will work because he's done it for years. So you know, um, and I think he's I think he's not hurting commentary or anything like that. And I I think he will probably be on all in and all out. I would imagine, given that he hasn't really been able to be on commentary lately. Um, so I would imagine we're going to get a lot of JR for that pay-per-view and I'm okay with that because JR is a great commentator and a legend in wrestling. And that's pretty much the end of a uh, collision there. So is there anything you wanted to add about any of that stuff there at the end? I mean, that was, it was a pretty good show. I thought, uh, like you said, collision best show of AW. Yeah. Right? Well, it, it, it's still singing the fucking sweet siren song. Um, you know, it, the realm is at peace when AW collision is on. It's must-watch TV, in my opinion. And, you know, I it's doing... Say what you want about Punker being a bitch, but it gave, gave us the show, so... Sure, absolutely. And if that was, you know, if that was what it, what it is, I'm totally in. And if we have to sacrifice CM Punk to the gods to get this show, I'm That being said, it. we still have to wait and see what happens with football. Because they got to... There's only three weeks left of this until... So they're going back to back with football. I don't know if that's going to mean they're going to turn collision up even hotter or if they're going to settle in, you know, like we had traditionally had seen with, uh, like you think CM Punk versus Malachi black on like collision. Yeah. More or less like how we traditionally saw, you know, when we covered raw and say there was something, a big Monday night football game. We're like, well, they're not going to go all in this week, you know? So I'm just curious if, if what's going to happen because it's every week with college football. It's going to be 17 weeks in a row. 16, including week zero in the championships. So, yeah, I'm very curious how that's going to work. But, um, hey. I imagine there will be certain Saturday games that because of the amount of hype they have, will probably, because all they have to do is like just have like a couple of college game day segments that like really hype up a game and people will suddenly like be like, oh shit, this is like the biggest game of the week. Like, even when it's really not, you know, like it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm just very curious how it's gonna work. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be very cool to see. And um Yeah, I totally had something I was gonna say and I fucking forgot it. Um You were gonna say Schmingus the Bingus. Had something to do with collision, but Ah, maybe it'll come to me. But um that'll be it for us. Uh fuck, what was it, man? Oh man, it was something good too. Oh, well, I won't ponder on it too long. We'll make everyone wait. Oh, that's what it was. I was going to say with Collision, I'm curious how other people are going to plan on doing this. Because, you know, myself, I am a college football fanatic. But I've already, I, I have this planned out how I'm going to do this. I'm going to start my Sunday mornings. I usually wake up about 8, 8.30. My Sunday mornings, I am going to watch Collision with coffee. It's going to be my fucking thing before Sunday football. And it's going to be fucking brilliant. It's going to work every time. And then it'll, man, it's just going to get me in the, it's going to be me in that wrestling mood that I'm craving. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, but, um, yeah, I'm curious what uh, other people are going to do. I thought I just KO'd my mic in the last fucking 20 seconds of the show. That'd be that would fun. be impressive. <laughs> well, that'd be it for us guys. Thank you so much for sticking around again. If you enjoyed this five-star review it, um, 
uh, we've been getting more and more reviews. It's a little little milestone for the pod. We just hit 9,000 listens. So we're on the road to 10K, which is really fucking cool. So thank you, everyone who's at. We're on the way to 10K. On the way. Thank you to everyone who's ever this checked out an way. episode. And if again, if you're one of our people that listen every single week, seriously, you we appreciate it so much. And um, I I can't wait till we're doing the all in coverage in two weeks. It's gonna be a fucking blast. So that being said, guys, the Texas Death Match. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch is going to be the greatest thing in the history of professional wrestling. Nope. Oh, you know what I just realized? You know who's going to be fucking Leatherface? It's going to be fucking Wardlow. Oh, no. Wardlow, what are you doing to us? Take us home!